The signal name really came, we sort of allude to it in the editorial, um, uh, the kind of signal to noise so that we're ho hopefully helping to kind of filter out. We're picking the best of. If you've been keeping up to date with the BMJ online and in print, you might have noticed that we've got a new type of article. These articles are called Signals, and they're here to give busy clinicians a quick insight into some of the practice-changing research funded by the UK National Institute for Health Research. I'm Sophie Cook, an editor at the BMJ, and I've been looking after the Signals series so far. I'm joined today by Tara Lamont, director of the NIHR Dissemination Centre, to talk a little bit more about these articles. Tara, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for, for asking me, Sophie. So, first of all, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about the NIHR Dissemination Centre and NIHR itself? The NIHR stands for the National Institute for Health Research. So, NIHR is the largest government funder of, of health research in the UK. So, it spends about a billion pounds a year through different kind of programmes, units and a lot of um, infrastructure support for, for research on applied sort of health questions, I would say. And I think the kind of distinctive feature of NIHR-funded research and really why we wanted to showcase it in, in this series is that it's often commissioned against particular gaps or uncertainties um, facing decision makers in the service, particularly clinicians. Um, and then there's a series of hoops. There are panels of not just research experts, but also clinicians, managers, patients who both assess whether the question is important, but also give a sense of um, how the how the research might be useful. So another distinctive feature of NIHR-funded work is the emphasis on um, patient involvement. So um, we have a strong um, engagement thread. So studies have to show the way in which service users have been involved in the design, in the recruitment of patients, in um in 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 some of the decisions really about what um what is important. So for instance, in some studies, um the involvement of patients with um lived experience of a condition might change the choice of, of a secondary outcome to include tiredness or whatever it might be. So there's definitely a strong um, feature of NIHR research that um, that is patient-centred um, and, and mindful of uh, the, um, the benefits, really, of engaging um, patients and the public in what we do. Yes, I think that really resonates with our... Um our drive to partner with patients through throughout the whole uh, research agenda and bringing these messages to clinicians um, and it also means that I think having had patients involved not only at the research commissioning stage but in the signals process itself um, we're identifying the, the 
the studies that really matter to patients and that might have some direct applicability to patients and doctors in their clinic rooms. So let's talk a little bit more about the NIHR signals now, Tara. So we've obviously um, partnered with you where we will uh, publish summaries of selected NIHR signals in the BMJ for our readers. But tell us broadly about what signals are and who they're, who they're aimed at. The signal name really came, we sort of allude to it in the editorial, um, to the kind of signal to noise so that we're ho- hopefully helping to kind of filter out. We're picking the best of. And that's partly, as I said, because um, in focusing on the kind of NIHR-funded research, there's already a kind of quality bar and a need bar that's been met um, and with the other studies we're um, you know we're having quite a, a, a rigorous kind of screening and selection process so it's hopefully helping the kind of overloaded reader to um, uh, you know to focus on what we've picked as the kind of the best of recent research can you give us a few examples of some recent signals, just to give our listeners a, a flavour of the types of topics that you cover? Sure. Um, so, um, the, in fact, the very first um, signal in our in our series is looking at um, a big trial, pre-hospital care trial. I think that's an interesting fact in itself because I think um, the NIHR is funding research that perhaps other other cha- it wouldn't f- naturally fall to other big um funders research charities and others like pre-hospital care um so looking at um intubation um which is often being considered the the best way um uh, for for rescue breathing at the early stages of a, a cardiac arrest versus the newer kind of supraglottic airway devices um which um seem to be quicker to insert and and don't interrupt the chest compressions in the same way but it wasn't clear at the point at which this trial was funded which were better and safer um and so it's really a, a very um, a large trial which says that um, the supraglottic airway devices are as good as intubation. Um, and that's a really helpful, a helpful message. But I think what's interesting about the scope of NIHR funded research, I mean, other other kinds of signals. Again, it's a very, very applied sort of problem-solving sort of research. So, for instance, we've had um, signals on um, Schwartz rounds. These um, uh, start forums for staff really to discuss distressing or difficult patient encounters and and we had a big NIHR mixed method study looking at how effective were these to improve uh, to reduce kind of stress um, and uh, improve kind of staff well-being Um, we um, have had signals on quite sort of big public health questions around for instance um, looking at subsidizing leisure centers as a way of increasing activity levels um, for for most deprived populations um, and evaluations of single room 
new build hospitals on infection control rates. There's a really, as well as the kind of clinical treatment questions, there's really quite an interesting range of um, service um, uncertainties um, and evaluations of, you know, interesting new ways of doing things. Yeah, and I'd, I'd certainly echo that. Looking on the Signals website, um, looking at the back catalogue, it really is a very varied selection. And I, I would urge listeners to to go and go and have a look and and investigate for yourselves just to see what what signals are out there. How do you see the the readers of the BMJ uh, using signals, or how would you hope that they would use their signals in practice? Yes, and it, I mean, it's interesting because um, they do feature in the practice section. So we're hoping that they will prompt reflections on current practice. And there are some questions to um, to help with that. Um, I mean, sometimes um, the message is, you know, think twice about doing something. There may not be a kind of clear um uh, indication. I mean, I, I should also say, I mean, as with the BMJ itself, we we do also publish and are keen to sort of publish kind of negative findings where it. Um, but I think um, sometimes um, the the prompt for practice. I and mean, I was thinking of another big. I think we mentioned in in our editorial another of the 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 big trials that NIHR's funded recently was looking at a question about whether it's um, better to be upright or lying down for first-time mothers with epidurals. And that was a really practical question, which, again, I can't think really of any other research funder who might have invested in a big trial on that sort of practical question, but where there's no device or um, intervention uh, therapeutic intervention um, and you know it was slightly counterintuitive in a way that that lying down uh, meant that women was were less likely to have a um, an instrumental delivery so I think there are some trials there are some signals where there will be clear indications of practice change or what what we know now about uh, with with fair certainty but in some cases, we might be just saying, mm, you know, we're we're still there's still some scope for um, you know uh, individual choice, and there are trade offs which you might want to discuss with your patients. Um, but you know, it's worth thinking more about this. And I think I think just going back a little bit to um, when you you mentioned, you know, that other funders may not have have uh, funded a, a trial such as that. That probably um, highlights quite nicely why the BMJ we've chosen to prioritise the NIHR funded research mm. because I think yeah. that it, it's very much in line with um, you know what we feel our readers are probably looking for, and that's research that's driven by clinical or service need. Um, and so I, I certainly think that you know that was one of the reasons behind our decision to 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 give priority to, to those types of studies. I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, Tara. Well, it's, yes, it's interesting because at the dissemination set, that's why I was thinking about it in relation to pre-hospital care and the big airways trial, because at the dissemination centre, we're often um, finding that there's some really, I guess what you might call some sort of underserved audiences for evidence. So we did a review of um, emergency care and we found that there was such an appetite among, say, ambulance services and staff 
uh, among paramedics for um, evidence. They were kind of hungry for it. Um, and um, a number of them were saying that before NIHR, there wasn't really the kind of high-quality research because it was thought that you couldn't do it and there was no real obvious place to go to get funds for research in that area so um yeah i do think there's there's a real added value in the very applied nature uh the problem-led nature of a lot of the research and and just finally i mean our readership is 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 mostly clinicians um but you know we do reach other audiences as well and and do you see the signals as having a place in sort of helping patients to further their understanding or other allied health professionals um you mentioned paramedics and pre-hospital care uh clinicians is is there any other groups that you think the signals might appeal to yes definitely um uh, what we've done actually sometimes is, is develop collections of signals. And we had um, a collection of signals for physiotherapists um, where um, uh, some, some different physiotherapists sort of chosen, curated some signals that were of interest to them. And they weren't actually just around physiotherapy-led interventions. They were also interested in signals around shoulder or ankle surgery. Um, so I think it shows that, you know, while we try and target audiences and primary audiences um, for our research, I think there is a wider interest from you know, increasingly multidisciplinary teams um, and also, as you say, for patients. And we have heard of patients, you know, taking a signal to their, I don't know if that will be um, attractive or not to your clinical um, list, uh, audience but uh, taking a signal to a consultation um, and being aware of recent research in that way so um, I think there is scope particularly as I say when there is perhaps still sort of continued uncertainty for it to help the conversation um, between clinician and patient. Definitely well, Tara, thank you very much for joining me today and I look forward to seeing how the series develops. Thanks, Sophie. It's been great working with you. There are four NIHR signals online already and we're intending to publish two a month, so please go online to bmj.com if you'd like to find out more. That's it for this podcast. Back soon with the stories from the ground in Sierra Leone during the Ebola crisis. I'm Sophie Cook. Thank you for listening. <laughs>